Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to our time of prayer and scripture together. Great to have you with us. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here. Those that are joining for the first time, and thank you to our regular audience for continuing to grow our audience and invite others to come. We welcome you. We uh, rejoice that you are here. We want to pray for you. And as our regular viewers know, you can leave your prayer intentions in the comments, as many as you want, and uh, we'll all pray for one another here as we uh, pray all to become better disciples of Jesus Christ. So today the church celebrates the event that took place 40 days after the birth of, of Jesus. Can you believe it's been 40 days already since Christmas? Um, seems like yesterday. But uh, the presentation in the temple. We'll read the gospel passage pertinent to this and uh, draw from it a very important lesson about our own spirituality and about our pro-life commitment. Let's put ourselves in the presence of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, Father of all, we belong to you. We do not belong to ourselves. We do not belong to one another in an absolute sense. We are entrusted to one another, but we do not own anybody. Lord, we belong to you. And so today, as we begin this time together and as we look ahead to our activities of the day. We offer everything to you. It is already yours, but we join our freedom, our heart, our will, and we offer to you all that we will think and say and do and suffer and sacrifice and, and endure. May everything that happens to us and may everything that we do to others serve to glorify your name and advance your kingdom. Help us, Lord, now to repent of our sins and help us now to understand your word more deeply, to live it more faithfully, and to proclaim it more effectively through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. All right. This reading is from the Gospel according to Luke. When the days were completed for their purification according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph took Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. For just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord and to offer for this, the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate and the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined 
for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted, and you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage, and then as a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day with fasting and prayer. And coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. First thing to notice here, there was a law, and Mary and Joseph obediently fulfilled it. They didn't think that simply because the child they had, Jesus, was the Lord, that somehow, oh, we don't have to worry anymore about the prescriptions of the law. And sometimes that's a trap for people who get close to God. They, they think that, oh, well, my intimacy with God somehow uh, uh, excuses me from having to obey the commandments. After all, I love God. He loves me. We're close. You know, we, we, got, we, have an, we have an understanding. We have an understanding. We don't have to be like the rest of these lowly people. They have to be following the law. Yes, we do too. We have to obey the commandments. Jesus said that's love. You will know that you love me. Others will know that you love me. That you keep my commandments. He said, this is, this is, this is, love has a content. Love has a shape. Love has boundaries. This means there's certain things you always do, certain things you never do. They obeyed. They followed the prescriptions of the law. They brought the child to the temple. Now, here's the core point of this feast and of these readings. They dedicated him to the Lord, to the Father. Now, he was the Lord. He is the Lord. So a couple of things going on here. The consecration, the offering here in the temple of the Lord to the Lord, first of all, is a glimpse into the inner life of God. Because from all eternity, the Lord offered Himself to the Lord within the life of the Trinity. That's what the three persons of the Trinity do. The distinction is in the relationships. It's the same God, the same mind, the same power, the same will. But they love each other. They offer themselves. A the Father generates the Son. The Son loves the Father. The Father and the Son generate the Spirit. The Spirit loves the Father and the Son. It's this total outpouring of self and offering to the other that constitutes the life of the Trinity. So here you have, if you will, through the, the law, a manifestation externally of the inner life of God. Not only that, but it goes to show that like everything in the Old Testament, this prescription of the law, that the males that are born have to be consecrated to the Lord in the temple, is actually a prophecy. The law, it's uh, the prescription, the prophecies... Are, the prophecies of the, of the scriptures are not just when the prophets say, thus says the Lord, and then they predict something. No, the prophecies are the, the very prescriptions of the law and the history and the exodus and the opening of the Red Sea, a, a prophecy of baptism as the New Testament itself tells us. It's all prophecy. 
And it's pointing to Jesus Christ as the consecrated one. It's Jesus Christ who is totally given to the Father. Didn't he delight in saying that? My food, they said, Master, eat one day, the apostles said. I said, my food is to do the will of the Father. He was constantly, constantly fully devoted to the Father. Because again, he was expressing here in his earthly life that reality of the eternal life within the Trinity. And then what does this do? It tells us who we are. We belong to God. The reason the male child would have to be consecrated to the Lord, and it's a symbol of the reality for all of us, whether we're, uh, uh, whether we uh, uh, are, no matter what our ethnicity, religion, gender, whatever, we are all people who are owned by God. We have to live that. God owns all the universe. God owns the mountains. But the mountains don't know that. They don't have a mind or a will. The mountains can't agree to that because they don't have a free will in order to agree or disagree. We do. We have a mind that understands and a will that chooses. So even though by de facto, in reality, we already belong to God, we can acknowledge that and assent to that. And that's what God wants us to do. And that's what God wanted uh, Mary and Joseph to do and all those who were under the prescriptions of this law. Acknowledge the fact that already exists, that you belong to God. Now, Final point, that's at the core of what it means when we talk about the sanctity of life. Human life is sacred. Well, what do you mean? Comes from God, belongs to God, goes back to God. And this event from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, this feast of the presentation that we celebrate today, reveals the core of the sanctity of life. What does it mean that life is sacred? We came from God. We belong to God. We go back to God. It's one of the things that differentiates human life. Because when we talk about the sanctity of life, we're talking about the sanctity of human life. We respect all creation, living and non-living, but it's the sanctity of human life, which is the crowning of creation, which has a dignity and something special about it that nothing else in creation has. Namely what? To be capable of a relationship with God. We call it in Latin, capax dei. This is at the core of, of what we say, the sanctity of the human person, the dignity of the human person. What is it? You can actually know your creator. Again, the mountains, they, were, they reflect the beauty and power of the creator, like Paul says to the, to the Romans, but they don't know it. And that's why we can say, and we should say, mountains and hills, bless the Lord. You have that beautiful prayer in the, in the book of Daniel. The seas and rivers, bless the Lord. We're telling the inanimate objects of creation that they belong to God and we're providing the mind and the will that they don't have as we worship the Lord of all. So, yeah, those babies in the womb are sacred because they belong to God. They don't belong to the mother, the father, the doctor, the government. Yes, they're entrusted, especially to that mom and dad, to care for, but they're entrusted to care for, not to own and certainly not to destroy. We belong to God. You know, the creed that begins with, I believe in God, did you ever think of that as a battle cry? It's a bold declaration in the face of a world and a culture that tries to say and assert in every which way, including very destructive ways, I belong to me. 
And when we stand up and we say, I believe in one God, we are, that's a battle cry, a declaration against the culture of death that says, oh, we belong to ourselves. Or the child belongs to the mother like property, like a slave that can be mistreated. No. Let the Feast of the Presentation remind us we came from God, we belong to God, we go back to God, and with all our heart and soul, let us acknowledge that, rejoice in that, and say amen to that for ourselves and for every human life, especially the unborn. Amen. Lord, we turn to you with, with gratitude for this word. We consecrate to you now in our own way every child living in the womb and every human person everywhere. Lord, may we each day deliberately offer ourselves to you. And in knowing that we come from you, that we belong to you, that we go back to you, may we find in that truth the peace and the strength that you wish to give us. And now we sum up all our prayers and praises by offering the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray to our Heavenly Mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Thanks for joining us, friends. Keep bringing in those uh, new people uh, who are discovering our programs. Thank you for that. And we will talk to you again tomorrow. This is Father Dennis Wild, pastoral associate of Priests for Life. Been in the organization for 25 years and it's marvelous because I want to tell you today about financial support for one of our most effective pro-life ministries in the world. Priests for Life has been leading the fight against abortion for decades. We are led by a strong and varied team of pro-life activists and experts in mobilizing churches, electing pro-life candidates, leading prayer efforts, publishing and broadcasting, healing the wounds of abortion, uniting pro-life leaders in strategy, meetings, defending life in the international arena. All of this, Priests for Life does not receive church funding or government grants. We rely on you for individual donations. We have very high evaluations among charities and top security on our donation site, prolifegift.org. You can go there for a one-time gift or to become a monthly donor. Or you can call us at 321-500-1000. That's 321-500-1000. God bless you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.